God, amen. Woo! Come on. New and renewing members. You see some of our elders on there. Uh, for those of you who have already gone through membership, you saw the teachers on there. And so, um, you know, the teachers had been teaching membership, and we realized we didn't have the member meeting with them, and so we sat down with them. I mean, we knew most of the answers anyways, but uh, yeah, they're up there too. And so those are new and renewing members. We redid membership. We'll be offering membership again shortly, uh, either next month or the following. I forget when it's on the schedule, but that'll be coming up again, so be sure to jump in on that. Um, wow, 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 wow. Hey, uh, happy birthday to my twins today, Jordan and Angelia. 30 years, 30 years ago today. Uh, they were born. Wow. Whew, it's been a ride. <laughs> Guys, I have 30-year-old kids. <laughs> Somebody stop. Somebody help me. Thanks, baby. Um, hey, um, I want to give it up for Lauren and Barrett. Can you guys come on up here? Yeah. Come on. Hey, we had an amazing marriage conference this weekend, and it was all because of these two. Yes. It's only because of these two. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Stacy and I had very little to do with it. I mean, we're, we're, we're helping in the background, as it were, but they put the whole thing together, yeah. soup to nuts, beginning to end. It was fantastic, yeah. and couples were blessed. Can I get a microphone? Couples were blessed. Their socks were blessed off. Um, I just want to... <laughs> it was close. They do. Couples were blessed. See, there's others here who don't have socks today because of the event this weekend. So I just want to let you know what happened. They, they've invested in multiple couples uh, through small group in the past. Those couples came out, and they were the facilitators for the weekend that happened. It was amazing. Uh, Pastor Stacy and I were participants. We went through it. It was fantastic. Uh, so four couples facilitating, 12 couples attended. Maybe there were more uh, in the group last fall, but that's 16 couples from multiple different churches whose marriages have been transformed, and now they get to go out and transform other marriages. This is the way the kingdom works. And so I'm going to have uh, Lauren Bear, I'm going to have you guys pray for marriages. So here's what I want you to do. If you're in the room and you're married and you want a better marriage, stand up. Listen, um, yeah, all of the people who were here this weekend are all standing up first. That's great. Uh, it's Valentine's Day on Wednesday, guys. So you want a, more romance in your marriage? Come on, stand up. And uh, I'm going to throw one last thing out there. If you're single and you want to be married, stand up. Come on. This is the way it works, guys. This is the way it works. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much for the gift of marriage. I thank you that you want to show your love through our love. And God, I just pray over every single marriage covenant that we have that has is in this room right now, Lord God. And I just lift it up to you. I lift up those to you so that they can be witnesses of your love, that their marriages can be testimony without any words of your love to everyone else. I, I pray for strengthened marriages. I pray for communication, Lord God. I pray that they would understand each other flawlessly. I pray for um, 
arguing, Lord God, that they would fight, but fight with love. I pray for um, resolution. I pray for things that are unsaid. I pray for truth and honesty. And I just pray for peace in households, Lord God. I pray that you grow marriages even deeper. But Lord, I pray that we each individually focus our eyes on you so that in that we grow closer to you. And as a result, we grow closer closer together as spouses, Lord God. I also lift up everyone that's not married here today, and I just pray a blessing over them. I pray peace as they wait for the person that you have for them, Lord God. I pray that they are able to learn and glean everything they can from those that are married in their lives now, so that then when they meet their spouse, Lord, that they would be ready. And I just pray that you bless their marriage when it happens <clears throat> and that it would be the right person at the right time, Lord God, and that your peace would just be over that. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Uh, Lauren pretty much said it all, but God, I just uh, thank you again for the couples that did come out this past weekend. Uh, you know, I know you're going to bless them tremendously with the amount of knowledge uh, that we've shared with them. And uh, you know, couples out there, I just ask that you remind them that when they look at their spouse, that they say out loud, you are not my enemy. That the devil's out for marriage and that we're not gonna take it. We're gonna keep going, we're gonna keep going strong. And God, that you're gonna bless them and that you're gonna bless single people that, hey, you, grind, you uh, step into the ground and wait and just be there. Let allow God to just shower you that he will bring that right person into your life when you're ready. And I just thank you, Lord, for just all the amazing love that you've shared with all of us. Father, we just pray your blessing over Lauren and Barrett right now. Father, we thank you for all of their labor and love in serving the saints. God, putting this whole weekend together. God, their passion for marriages to be strong and to be better. And God, we just pray supernatural, abundant blessing. Overtake them, God. Return to them seven and tenfold, God, for what they've put out, Lord. God, bless them abundantly in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for every person who's uh, seated, who's single. Uh, and God, we just pray for blessing in singleness, Lord. God, if that's your will for them, God, we pray for blessing in singleness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 No one goes without prayer. Come on. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. God is doing amazing things amazing things. Hey, uh, I know they mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it again. I'm going to mention it again. I know, uh, notice on your, the back of your engaged group, uh, and the, uh, I'm having trouble too, Allison. Welcome to my life. Every single week, the Holy Spirit, and I'm trying to talk, it just, uh, groups one, two, and ten don't have a box. That's because they're closed. They're, there's too many people signed up for those. If you want to be in group two, what we've done is because we had so many people sign up for group two, we've moved a few of the people from group two on Monday over to Tuesday night, and we're duplicating the group. So if you want to go to Discovering the Holy Spirit on Monday night, uh, you can sign up for it on Tuesday night. Number five, foundations. So sign up for box five if you want to do Discovering the Holy Spirit. Number two is closed, but you can sign up in number five, all right? Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Whew. I want to say one word about worship before I move into the message today about hope. There was such a moment and presence in worship here this morning, and it began, it actually even began before worship started. Um, it started in practice. Uh, John came up to me and he said, did somebody start service early? This was like at uh, like 25 of 
and the worship team was just practicing. And he says to me, did somebody start service early? Because you like got it just felt you could feel the presence of the Lord in here at that moment. It was 25 minutes before 10, 9.35. And it was just crazy. Like it was just thick in here. And it just doesn't have to stop. I know we're not singing anymore, but you can continue to soak in the presence. You can continue to be in the presence. You can continue to walk, and we're supposed to continue to live in the presence every moment of our life. It's not just a while the worship's playing thing. We, 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 we develop our heart to a place where we're just always in the presence. We're never not in the presence. I carry it with me. I'm a dispenser of the Holy Spirit. This is my job, to give it out wherever I go. Whoo, 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 whoo. All right, well, hey, uh, we're talking about hope. Let's look at some scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse one. It says this, and you guys know this scripture. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me stop and say that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 says, uh, the natural man cannot discern spiritual things. The spiritual man has to discern spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned. And so we're talking about faith and we're talking about hope. And we don't have great language for the spiritual realm. So we have to use some natural language in talking about the spiritual realm. And so uh, the writer of Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Can you pull out your faith and show it to me? I can pull out my chapstick and I can show it to you. It's got, right? But how do you pull out your faith and show it to somebody? But there is substance behind faith. What we have to understand about faith is that faith is a divinely imparted grace of the heart. Faith is not a construct of the mind. As much as we talk about believing and unbelieving, faith doesn't come from here. Faith comes from here. Faith doesn't come from our mind. Faith comes from our heart. And we don't make it up on our own. It's divinely imparted. It's God-given. Divinely imparted. God-given grace, strength to accomplish something. It's a God-given strength to accomplish something. That's faith. Hope is our confident expectation. Faith is... <laughs> All right, I got to get over to my notes. I can't do this without my notes. It, and this is how complicated it gets. Faith is this divinely imparted grace, this God-given strength to accomplish something is the substance of the thing that we're hoping for. This God-given strength to accomplish is the substance of the thing that we have confident expectation for. That's a sentence. <laughs> We're just rolling together definitions because we don't understand what faith is and what hope is separately enough. And so we're rolling them together. God-given strength to accomplish 
is the substance of confident expectation. That's just what the scripture says. It is the evidence, faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are not seen were made of the things which are visible. And I like to say this all the time is like you understand that the worlds were framed from things that are not visible, right? We understand that and we believe that by faith. And so now that you have an understanding of that, repeat the process. Here's nothing. Go and make something. I'm just, I'm just playing with you. But we, just because we understand it doesn't mean that we can necessarily repeat the process really well. Right? Aside from God moving, aside from God giving us the impartation to accomplish the thing, it, we can't do it. We can't do it apart from him. And he won't do it without us. This is the glory of the Great Commission. I want to talk about faith and hope today. I want to talk about how they relate together. And then we're going to move into a couple of other things uh, about hope. Steve Backlund says, uh, says this. He says, faith people without hope are weird. <laughs> it's good. I know. That's why I, I wrote it down. And it's good stuff. Faith people without hope are weird. What is faith? Faith is for this thing, right? I have faith for your healing. I have faith that... I don't have faith for the Super Bowl. I don't know who's going to win. <laughs> I have faith for uh, a new building. I have faith for the city of Troy to get saved. I have faith for Parker to walk into this church one day. It's going to happen. I have faith for those things. Why? Because God has given me the faith. He's given me that. He's given it to me. He's, he's basically whispered in my ear, but put it in my heart, in my spirit, that these things will happen. That's faith. And so I have faith for those things. But my hope, as we talked about last week, is in God. My hope is in eternity. My hope is in my salvation. My hope is that I'm going there someday, and so are most of you, if not all of you. I hope all of you. We're all going there one day. So if I don't get exactly what I'm hoping, what I'm believing for, sorry, if I don't get exactly what I put my faith out there for, I can always fall back on hope. The confident expectation that God will do greater than I can imagine. The confident expectation of Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for good for those who love him and called according to his purposes. This is hope. I, I, we talked last week about definitions of hope. I think Romans 8, 28 is a great definition of hope. God works all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So even when I don't see what I thought that I wanted, I, I put my hope in him and believe that God's going to work together all things for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purposes. And so now the challenge becomes that when I, when I put my faith out there and I don't get it, when I put my faith out there and I'm disappointed, when I put my faith out there and it doesn't happen, how quickly can I run back to Romans 8.28 and just say, God's going to work this together for good somehow. I put my faith out there and pray for somebody to live and they die. God's going to work this together for good somehow. I don't know how that's going to work together for good, but God's in this. God's in this. God's in this. God's in this. 
I don't know if faith people without hope are weird. They might be. <laughs> they might be. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm not saying that they are. I'll, I'll neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that the allegations put forth. But I will say this. Faith people without hope are very vulnerable to disappointment. That is true. Faith people without hope are very vulnerable to discouragement. Yeah, that, that's true. Here's another one. Faith people without hope are very vulnerable to depression. Psalm 42, why are you downcast, O my soul? New Living Translation actually says, why are you depressed, O my soul? And why are you anxious within me? Ooh, ooh. I, I know, New King James says disquieted. Somebody, one of the other translations. It might, be New, it might be NLT, it might be ESV, it might be Amplified. I read them all and I just can't remember. But one of them says is, why are you anxious? Ah. You had to put that in there. Hope thou in God. Here's the solution to depression and, and anxiety. Hope. Put your hope in God. Why? Because I'm still going to praise him. And we read last week, we read this last week. Go and watch the message. This is a great scripture out of um, Psalms. It says, um, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what we learned from that was that we first delight in God. We first delight in God. It's our responsibility to first delight in God, and then he gives us the desires of our heart. And what did we learn out of, I, I should, I'm just kind of reframing the whole message from last week. Just go watch it. All right, I got to keep moving. We're not going to have time. Was I done? I don't know. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying, guys. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope. He is the God of hope. God has the hope. God has hope. God has the hope. God has your hope. May the God of hope fill you with peace and joy in believing as you believe. We're going to read in a moment Romans, um, I think it's chapter 8. It says, we only have to hope for the things that we don't have. I know that that's like very simplistic and probably doesn't need to be said, but it is in the scriptures for us. Because sometimes we, don't, we, we forget that. We, we only really have to hope for things that we don't have yet. We'll read the scripture in a minute. And so as we believe, as we believe, as we believe, as we're believing for things, as we're putting our faith out for things, as we're Romans 8, 28, as we're putting our hope in God, God is going to fill us with peace and with joy. Hope has two buddies. They're called peace and joy. And when we get filled with peace and when we get filled with joy, hope is bound to come. You will, it actually says that you may abound, abound, like overflow, abound. I want to abound with hope. I want joy. I want peace. But I want to abound with hope. I want to abound with hope. Um, salvation watch this and then we'll move on to the next scripture salvation is supposed to wind up in 
a joyful state. If you got saved right, <laughs> uh, I, th I feel like I just pulled out a shovel. <laughs> if you're salvation, <laughs> how do I fix this? <laughs> I'll just go for it. If you got saved right, you're going to be joyful. The end result of giving your life to Christ is joy. There's a danger here that when that doesn't happen, when you get saved and it doesn't wind up in joy, there is a very natural, normal, predictable outcome. And it'll happen almost every single time. You get saved, it doesn't turn into joy. And what happens is because you're frustrated, it turns back into legalism. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. This isn't just my, this isn't just a good thought. This is actually true, proved by the word. If, if salvation doesn't turn into joy, it turns into legalism. And then all of a sudden we become nitpicking. And you, you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, 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 should. And the finger pointing comes out. Why? Because the salvation didn't turn into joy for somebody. It was Psalm 51. Restore unto me the joy of, your, of, your, of my salvation. The joy of salvation, David says. Joy. There's joy attached to it. All right, let's look at uh, joy and peace are both fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Did you notice something missing? Hope's not in there. The fruits of the, sp <laughs> the, fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. So joy and peace, buddies of hope, are fruits of the Spirit. So fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with joy. Allow joy to have its movement in you. Allow peace to overtake you. And you're going to wind up, you can't get into any other kind of a conditional state than hope. You'll just wind up there. If you can't get to the place where you're just putting your hope in God because God is God and you trust him, then ask God for joy and rely on God for peace and you're going to wind up at the same place. There's multiple directions of how to get there. We're like a GPS and we're giving you three options, four options. Which way do you want to go? Do you want the joy and peace avenue or do you want to just see who God is? Or what was the, the, the third one that we talked about last week? Oh, just focus on salvation and eternity. Any one of these avenues will get you to hope. There's all kinds of ways to get there. You look at your GPS and they're like, this one will take five minutes. This one will take 20 minutes. This one will take three hours. <laughs> Praise God, I'll take the three-hour journey. God's into the journey. This one takes 37 years. Ah. Oh. But it didn't have to. You could have been there in three minutes. Oh. <laughs> All right, next scripture. Uh, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I know, I have lots of favorite scriptures. And I have lots of favorite books, so don't get me started. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
Say that with me. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is a loaded scripture. We could just camp here for the rest of the time that we're together today. Rejoice in the Lord. Come on, put your joy in God. Get joyful because God is here. Rejoice in the Lord, always. Not just right now, always. The worship stopped, keep rejoicing. The music stopped, keep rejoicing. We walked out the doors into the harvest field, into the mission field, into our assignment, into what God wants us to do. Keep rejoicing. My team lost the Super Bowl today. My team's not playing today. My team lost the Super Bowl today. I'm going to keep rejoicing in God. I'm going to keep rejoicing in God. There's nothing that's going to take my joy. Be anxious for nothing. Jesus said, don't worry. So there's all kinds of commands to not worry. Be anxious for nothing. Here's the secret to being anxious for nothing. By prayer and supplication, continuing to submit your needs and requests to God, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving is a huge part of uh, getting rid of anxiety. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Begin to thank the Lord for little things. If all you have is little things. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will, will guard your hearts and minds. When we have the peace of God, it'll actually surpass understanding. What does this mean? This means that when I have the peace of God, I'll have peace not knowing why I have peace. You'll have peace and you'll look at your situation and say, nothing's changed. Uh, the, the situation is still the same way that it was when I was anxious, but I'm, now I'm not anxious. Why? Because the peace of God surpasses understanding. We don't have to understand we don't have to understand why we don't need to worry. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to give a shout out to Zach and Zach, My Life, Your Life Together podcast. This is an amazing thing. You know, um, I was bragging on you guys the other day. You guys are doing this podcast. It, it may seem like, you know, uh, if you haven't listened, give it a listen. The, they, did a, they did one on healing. Lori was on there talking about her new book that's coming out. All of these things that are going on within the body of Christ here, this is body life. And this is, this is actually the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God going out into all of the world. I mean, I don't know if you guys know about what a podcast is. Is there anybody in here that knows what one is? Have you ever listened to one? Maybe, maybe there's no response. I'm just thinking, may, why is there no response? And I'm like, maybe they don't understand what a podcast is. I, I know that it's, you know, I, I see the demographic with my eyes as I'm looking, but... This is a great thing. <laughs> what did I just say? This is a great thing. The podcast is a great thing. The kingdom of God is actually being displayed as they're sharing. Sometimes their podcast talks about um, just fun stuff. Just fun stuff. But sometimes, like they talked about healing. They talked about Lori's new book, which is going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Um, other things, uh, and, and every single thing that they talk about, they talk about God. They bring God into it. Diabetes, right? That was another one. It's awesome. 
How did I even get over there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so peace that passes understanding. I know. We're, we're good. We'll just go right back. It's fine. We'll just drop whatever I was on. Peace that passes understanding. If you want the peace that, has, that passes understanding, you have to let go of your right to understand. You can't at the same time say, why, 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 and expect the peace of God to come that passes understanding. It's not going to happen. You can't at the same time stir the pot of anxiety and get peace. No, can't. You can't continue to stir that pot of anxiety and get peace. That doesn't work. Francis Van Japane said this. He said, uh, any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, you're believing a lie. <laughs> glisten with hope. Yeah, I'll say it again. Any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, you're believing a lie. Is there an area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope? What area of your life, examine your life in, in a moment right now. What area of your life doesn't absolutely glisten with hope? What area of your life do you have no hope for? There are no hopeless situations. There's only people without hope. And we are the hope dispensers. We know where to get it and we know how we can give it. There are no hopeless situations. There are only people without hope. They're not hopeless people. They're people without hope. Because once they get the hope, because I can give it to them or I can teach them how to get it on their own, they're no longer hope without hope. And so identify an area of your life where you don't have hope. And then pray and ask God and say, God, where am I believing a lie in this area of my life? And then once you've identified the area that you don't have hope, once you've identified the lie, ask God and say, God, what's the truth about this situation? Because it's not, it's not good enough to just get rid of the lie. We have to replace it with the truth. Yeah. Where don't you have hope? Identify the lie. Replace it with the truth. So-and-so will never come to Christ. That's a lie. I've identified the lie. I don't have hope that this person will ever come to Christ. Why? You can even have a reason why you think that. That's a lie. Replace it with the hope. God can do all things. God can do all things. God hears my prayers, so I'm going to pray for their salvation, and God will hear my prayer and move on their heart, whether they want, me to, whether they want them to or not. Any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, you're believing a lie. At some point, we have to start listening to hope, and we have to start listening to what God says, and we have to stop listening to every single other voice that we hear. At some point, we have to start listening to hope, we have to start listening to God, and we have to start silencing every single other voice that we hear. What would have happened, Hebrews, we just read Hebrews 11 in the beginning, what would happen to the, the Hall of Fame of Faith people if they had believed the lie rather than believed the truth? Right? Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Imagine the people around him. Where are you going, Abraham? I have no idea. God just said, go, go west. I'm going that way. 
What if you get lost? What if there's no food out there? What if you starve? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? That's fine. But God said, go. And so I have hope because God said, go. What about David and Goliath? Listen, they told him straight up. They said, listen, you can't go out and kill him. You're but a youth. And he, a man of war from his youth. (laughs) I don't know how big Goliath was. I forget. I think he was like nine or 12 feet tall. He was huge. Uh, Armor shield he had a shield bearer before him he had this huge sword and you know what's david got no armor and a sling and a stone he doesn't even have a sword and can you imagine right like one hit from that sword and david's like he's just done he's cut in half because this guy's huge i'm sure once that sword gets moving there's uh you know weight behind it it's going to carry believe the pundits what, 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 are the, what are the forecasters saying? They're saying it's a one in a million chance, David. They're, it's a one in a million. You don't have a snowball's chance in hell. No way it's happening. You're done. You're out. Nope. We're, we're all the money. Uh, Vegas is going with Goliath on this one. <laughs> Vegas is going with Goliath. What about Ezekiel? Right? Can these dry bones live? Ezekiel, before you pray, you better do an analysis and find out how dry those bones really are. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. The, the things of the spiritual mind don't look at the things of the natural. Otherwise, we would never move. We didn't ask, we didn't ask how sick is Parker? We didn't ask how debilitated is he? We didn't ask, you know, what's not working? I mean, we did to a point so that we could understand where we could pray accurately, but we're not going to give the devil place. We're just going to simply know that God wants to heal. And nerve endings regrew, and the doctors are like, this can't happen. Not that it shouldn't happen. This just can't happen. I mean, it's happening. Right? It doesn't matter that it can't happen. It doesn't matter that there's a million to one odds. All I need is the one. There's a one. And God told me. And if God told me, then everybody else can tell me the opposite. And that just doesn't matter. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You want peace? Keep your mind fixed on God. Keep your mind fixed on God. Keep your trust placed in God. We've read this one a million times. Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith, but else is perseverance. Let perseverance have its full work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Joy is not dependent upon my circumstance. Joy is not dependent upon what happens on a given day. My joy comes from above. It comes from Jesus. And I actually get joy. I get joy in the trial because I understand that God is working in me a greater work so that I might be mature. Amen. This is what the rest of the scripture says. There is a corresponding verse in Romans 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ whom we have gained access by faith. There it is. It's faith and peace, and we're about to see joy. Through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So peace, faith, hope. 
Not only though that, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Sounds just like James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy when you come into various trials. Glory in your sufferings. Oh, pastor. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. How many of you know that God wants you to have character? Yes. Not be one. <laughs> have character. Don't be a character. Have character. But how do we get to a place where we have character? We, when, the, when the trial comes, we face it head on and we say, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to make it through with the strength from God. And that leads me into character. It's perseverance that develops character. Because what's going to happen is, you know, I don't know if you figured this out or not, but the Israelites went around in a circle for 40 years in the wilderness. Life is cyclical, right? And if, you, and if you've been through a trial and you have victory in that trial, then when the trial comes again, you'll have nothing but joy. But if you give in to the trial and you're like, well, guess what, guys? I'm going to tell you right now that trial's coming back. And you've got a period of time to get ready for it. Plan yourself, because whatever it was that just got you upset, it's going to get you upset again. You, you drive a car and somebody cuts you off and you get all upset. Guess what? Chances are you're going to get back in a car again soon in about 30 minutes or so. And you're going to have to drive again. And guess what's going to happen when you drive again? Because there's other cars on the road, you're going to get cut off again. <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> trials continue to come. Jesus said, uh, in this life you will face trials, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Right? So trials are just par for the course. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. Just consider them joy. St start, just make them joy now and start enjoying your life. You can actually enjoy a trial when you face it. Somebody cuts me off and I'm like, <laughs> look at this guy. He, I'm, I'm laughing. All right? I just enter into joy. I'm like, who taught him how to drive? I don't want to say anything degrading, but look at him. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, perseverance develops character. We need character. And character produces hope. And so here's it. We're just creating all these avenues, right? GPS just said, hey, I found a better way. I found another way. I mean, if you didn't like any of the others, here's another one. Just start with considering it pure joy and trials. Press on through perseverance. Allow character to develop in you. And then you've got hope. That's the 37-year journey. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> Just letting you know. That's the 37-year path. It, you start out going in the opposite direction. Huh. Romans 8, 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for our adoptions to the sonships, the redemption of our bodies. Our bodies are going to be renewed. We're going to have glorified heavenly bodies. There will be no sickness. There will be no pain. That is what we are groaning for. We're groaning for that day. 
for in this hope we are saved. I haven't seen it yet. I have aches and pains when I wake up in the morning, right? My nose gets a little runny once in a while. I have uh, certain things within my body. I'm not perfect. I, I keep praying that God would heal every single Purse, every single part of my person, every single part of this tent, I keep praying until I see it, but I have hope. In this hope, I know that I will receive the glorified body when I go to heaven. In this hope, we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. I have hope in heaven. Have you ever seen heaven? No. No. There are certain life after death accounts of heaven but then those people kind of get like, you know, can we believe them? I mean, I believe them, but people will ask, doubters will ask, can we believe them? Absolutely. Listen, it, uh, is, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And God has given to every man a measure of faith. I do not believe that we will ever, in all of eternity, uh, of all of our time here on earth, as long as this age continues, I don't believe that God will ever be proven. God will never be 100% proven. Why? Because God wants us to come to him by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God has given every man a measure of faith. Science will never prove nor disprove that God exists or doesn't exist. It can't be done. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? I don't have to hope that one day I'll have a phone. Because I already have one. There's no hope involved here. I have hope for heaven. Because I haven't seen it yet. I haven't touched it in a physical sense yet. I'm not there yet, as you can see. But I know, but I have hope. I have hope in heaven, and you can't take my hope. You can't take my hope. I am, I am past having doubts. I've got my PhD, past having doubts. I'm past having doubts. I will, I am no, there is no, there is not a shadow of doubt in my mind. You can't convince me that there's not a God. I just said, science will never prove that there's not a God. And I, and I'll tell you right now, if they did prove that there's not a God, I'm not believing them. Because how many times has science proved something only to come back later and say, oh, we were wrong. I don't want to make a list. I don't want to, I'm just saying I'm past having doubts. I know, I know what I believe. And I know that God is real. You can't convince me that he's not. I want to pray uh, for everybody. I want to lay hands on people today. Uh, I didn't finish reading that scripture. Let me go back. But if, we, but if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait patiently for it. I have the hope of heaven. And I'm not in a rush. Because I know that as long as God's got me here, he's got work for me to do. He's got something for me to do. My dad's got a, a, a saying that hangs on his, his, uh, his wall or his fridge or something that says, God's given me so much to do at this point, I'm never going to die. <laughs> I feel you. I feel that, right? <laughs> Every day as I pray, God inspires me with new things to do. Uh, do you know that 
Do you know that um, you can become pregnant? I, I know I got to finish. Do you know that you can come become pregnant with an idea? And that God will impregnate with you idea with an idea? Do you know that um, intimacy is required to become pregnant? <laughs> I mean, Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> one of the things... <laughs> One of the sorry. One of the things we learned during Valentine's Day is that we don't talk about sex in church enough, and I'm not going to do that here today. But get ready for a sermon series. <laughs> uh, yeah, during the marriage conference, uh, or maybe yeah, it would be. But it's in times of intimacy that we become impregnated with things. Get alone and get with God. Have some intimate time with Him. And He'll begin to give you some things that you're, you're supposed to be doing in this day and in this hour. Things that you're supposed to be walking out. Maybe it's something like joining the usher team. Maybe it's something like, uh, like Zach did and he launched this podcast where he's bringing the kingdom to whomsoever's hearing his voice. Because he is a kingdom guy. And he doesn't know how to talk about the kingdom without talking you know, without making his mouth move. Just the kingdom just comes out. Maybe, maybe God's going to give you something else to do. Maybe God's going to, uh, you know, there's, there's, the possibilities are endless. He's a creative God and he's given us a creative uh, ability within ourselves and he will spark creative ideas in you. This is one of my favorite things about what's going on right here, right now at Redeeming Love, is that everybody's coming up with these ideas, and we're just like, hey, you're doing great. Let's try that. I like what you're looking at. Hey, go there. All right, last verse, which is a verse that we already read. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us all to overflow with hope in every area of our life. God wants us all to overflow with hope in every area of our life. Every area. We're going to have a prayer line here. We're going to pray in a minute. Um, that testimony with Parker, he got healed. He's, he's, he went from having uh, no nerves below his belly button, couldn't control his bowel movements to the fact that now he can feel tickling in his feet and he's walking with a walker, but he's walking. No feeling to walking. Come on. This is like somebody getting up out of a wheelchair. Testimony, testimony builds faith. Just this Wednesday, in the midst of worship, Joe was healed. His arm was sore for three weeks. He came to Holy Spirit more. He came to Holy Spirit encounter night. He had every intention of coming up for prayer when we called for healing. And before he got a chance to come up, God healed him in his seat. Come on. This is, a, this is God. This is what he does. And so we're going to pray here. There's just way too much faith in the, in the room for us to not pray. Allison, come and receive the offering. And then I'll say a few more things, and then we're gonna, and then we're gonna call the prayer team up, and we're gonna pray.
There are a num number of ways, multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. Um, there are, there's a card in the back of the chairs. There's also an envelope. Um, and also you'll see the slide on the screen right now that gives you all the different ways as well as to how you can give here at Redeeming Love. And something that hit me today as Pastor Matt was talking, any area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope, you're believing a lie. Man, that hit hard. And I, and I know that oftentimes for me, my finances are places where hope, hope doesn't live very well in my, in my finances. But you know, I think about that and I think, well, where am I placing my hope with my finances? I'm not, certainly if I'm feeling frightened, anxious, I'm not placing my hope with my finances in the Lord. And so I encourage you today, I encourage you every day to just place your finances in the hands of the, of the Lord. You say, you know, Lord, this is your money. Help me to be the good steward that you want me to be with it. Help me to do what you want me to with it. And help me to trust you enough to have joy and hope in my finances that I don't look at it anymore and go, that that just is not gonna happen anymore. I'm gonna look at it and go, wow, God, you're good. Wow, God, you're good. No matter what it looks like, no matter what your finances look like, God, you're good, and I trust you, and this is yours, so you do what you want with it. So that's what I'm asking you to do today. And let's just pray for a minute here. Father in heaven, we just thank you for the gifts that you give us, for the financial gifts you give us, for giving us everything we need and above and beyond abundantly what we need, Lord. We just ask that you would speak to our hearts and minds, give us that peace, remind us that you are in charge, that it is not us who is in charge of our money, it is you. And help us and guide us, Lord, to be the good stewards that you made us to be and to use that money for your purposes, not for ours. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Again, amen. if there are any first-time gifts, or first Wow. First time guests who are here with us, make sure and stop in the Connect Corner to pick up your free t-shirt. And uh, so, Pastor Matt. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to call the prayer team down. If the prayer team can come right down front, stand right in the front, we're going to have a prayer line today. And um, guys, the, the, pass the buckets. The ushers are collecting. We'll, we'll give you a minute here. There is an attitude of, of faith in the room right now. So you may have something that you've been sick with for years. You may have been prayed for a hundred times. Come to the altar again. Come with faith again. Every member of the prayer team, come on down. If you're here and you're on the prayer team, come down to pray. Rich, if you can join me up here, grab the microphone from Allison. There's a precedent that's been set. There's a precedent that, that's been set with our last testimony. Parker was never in this room. Parker was a thousand miles away. And someone came and someone stood in the gap for a little boy that didn't have feeling in his lower extremities. And so the precedent has been set. He's healed and being healed. So the precedent has been set that we can now pray for people who are a great distance away and see them heal. 
And so you may need healing here today. Come on down. You may have a friend or a relative who's thousands of miles away. The precedent's been set at a thousand. Let's get somebody that's 3,000 miles away. Let's get somebody that's on the other side of the globe and let's get them healed. And let's extend the precedent that there's no one in existence that we can't pray for for healing to happen. Rich has got a word. I want him to share this word. Uh, and, and there's somebody here that this